welcome to another episode of Ryan's Method Passive Income Podcast. Here's your host, Ryan Hogue. What's up, guys? I believe we should be live. I am here with Chris Heckman, and we're going to be talking about print-on-demand sales, advertising, Black Friday, all that good stuff. What's up, Chris? Hey, Ryan. How's it going, everyone? Hey, man. I appreciate you uh, being here. Looks like we got maybe 16 people, and I accept responsibility because I've definitely gotten up to like maybe 150 lives in concurrence in the past. Uh, I mentioned off-camera, like one of our dogs, Satoshi, has been a little sick lately, so I uh, had to like basically... I actually woke up early. I collabed. I did a video with Detour Shirts, another YouTuber. Um, so that's actually, that was a lot of fun, but he has to do it like super early because he works a day job. Um, oh, and then that's I have to awesome. take care of the dog. That's my excuse. <laughs> no, it's all good. Helping out 16 people still a win. Let's and the replay, it. of course, is going to be there and I'm going to blast that out too. So we're going to make sure. All right, we got 23 people now. There we go. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, so uh, what's been what's been up with you, man? Like we uh, connected, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? What's been new with you since then? What have you been working on to, you know, help your fourth quarter sales? Yeah, we've been gearing up for Black Friday uh, on our Shopify store, which a lot of that, the prep work is just getting the content together, like getting our ad creative, our offers, the ad copy, banner for the Shopify homepage, uh, email content written, just getting all that in place and then scheduled in advance, which I'll be honest, like normally it's like a last minute shuffle for us, like just chucking stuff up. This is the first year we've got stuff like scheduled in advance and it feels freaking amazing. Um, So yeah, just getting all that content together and uh, we've already seen uh, some nice results. So excited to go through it with you guys. So less, less um, headache and worry, uh, you know what I mean? With everything scheduled ahead of time or a lot of stuff scheduled ahead of time. Yeah, last year it, it was the morning of Black Friday, and I was like, "Hey, we should." <laughs> Didn't even realize it's Black Friday. We should probably do something. And <laughs> luckily, it, it you know sales. I'm going to show those sales in a second, but spiked pretty well, and then uh, was up for like the rest of the quarter. But yeah, it definitely pays to be prepared in advance, especially with all the software. You can l- literally schedule everything like uh, the whole year in advance if you want to. Does it like natively let you do that in Facebook ads, which I'm assuming is like the primary driver of your traffic, right? You said that before, or like, do you need like some extra layer software to to schedule? Yeah, you can do that natively in Facebook ads. And Klaviyo is the other one I'm thinking of with all of our Mm -hmm. email campaigns. Um, But yeah, Facebook ads, you can schedule in advance. You can do all your posts in advance. Uh, The only one you can't do is like the Shopify um, homepage banner, but that's pretty minor one everything else you can schedule out nice and by the way everybody that's here live uh drop us a chat let us know um (laughs) yaya says they're a little intimidated well we still appreciate you here let us know like where you're from and uh what you're hoping to learn today i know that i dropped a video just um earlier this actually today's tuesday i get confused what day of the week it is sometimes last week i did a reaction video to somebody talking about some things on etsy kind of being done to death where it's so hard to feel like you can carve out a little niche that is your own because even if you find one it's a matter of time till these software tools identify that you're successful and tell everybody that hey like they're successful here so jump in and you know make it you know copy it so um what i love about your approach is it really does feel like it number one it's a little bit of like zigging while other people are zagging a little bit contrarian and uh, even that video said hey you guys need to kind of make it on your own 
Um, and you know, a lot of that meant like pivoting to maybe if not Shopify, you know, whatever it is, like your, your little own home base, your own website domain, et cetera. Yeah. And it's, it, like you said, zigging when everybody else is zagging, it's almost like if you see it working well on Etsy, uh, or on Amazon or wherever else, there's a really good chance you can get it to work on your own Shopify store. Cause there's very few people in my experience that long story short, I think the competition competition is a lot lower. I think if you see brands or like a niche working really well on those marketplaces, you can take that and do it in your own way, obviously on a Shopify store with Facebook ads and email uh, and do extremely well with it. Yeah. I think a lot of people watching, generally speaking on my channel, since I don't, I, I don't really have any tutorials or anything like that for Shopify and running ads and stuff like that. Of course, they're going to go to your channel for that. And uh, the first link in the description, sorry, if you can hear the chihuahuas in the background, by the way. Um, <laughs> but uh, the first link in the description is going to be Chris's channel. So make sure to go like subscribe, show him some love. Uh, you're, you're doing basically what I'm not doing with regards to that. Um, but yeah, like I'm excited to learn from you. We had uh, good skin matters TM say they're excited to learn more. Hopefully that's like an Etsy shop or something. We had uh, Balaji say, you're an expert in print on demand. How many Shopify stores do you have? It's a good question. I used to have uh, four that I was running concurrently, uh, which was about three too many. Uh, I At the time, I thought it sounded cool to be able to say that, oh, I had four different Shopify stores. Now, after being battle bruised and tested, I can honestly say, it's far, far better to have one store that you invest all your time into uh, and like really building it up rather than for like half-baked stores. Yeah, man, I appreciate those insights too because that's actually one of the most common questions I get in the Etsy context is like, should they jam everything into one shop or should they split it? And um, it, it goes without saying that there might not be necessarily always a correct answer, but you have to like one of these mantras I always believed in was like, make it work for you. Like me making things work for me, you know? And I always kind of knew that like, I'm going to probably perform better under one shop than trying to like multi-manage a million different shops for a million niches. So, um, but I appreciate you sharing that insight. I know that's probably something that a couple people were wondering. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you talked about like Black Friday being, and that's right around the corner. We're literally days away being a massive opportunity where the sales just like they were just flowing. And I honestly would have expected almost the opposite, but again, this is my lack of knowledge in this space. Um, like, what do you think has, like, I, I expected you to say like ads tripled in price and, you know, that's kind of what I would expect to see on Amazon, but you're saying Facebook ads didn't necessarily do that. And you know, the sales increased. Yeah. So the C to clarify, the CPMs definitely do go up around the holidays, like through Q4, which for anybody watching who doesn't know, CPMs is cost per thousand impressions. It's basically like the background bidding market, like all the other advertisers are going up against. And around Q4 is when big name brands, uh, they spike their budgets. Like think like Coca-Cola, like uh, massive brands like Amazon. They have insane budgets that they just knock, knock up like 10, 30% during Q4. So they start spending a lot more. So uh, competition goes up, but the thing is that buyers are in like an ultra buying mindset around Q4, especially kicking off with Black Friday. So much so that our cost per clicks or click through rates go up, cost per clicks go down, and then uh, people are spending a lot more on the site. So it nets out to like cost go up slightly, but overall buying attitude is so much higher that 
it's like a net positive in a big way. Um, and so if people are just are watching this, like running ads for the very first time, like black Friday is a great time to do it. I wouldn't recommend like throwing your entire life savings at it. Not now, not ever, but it's a great time to jump in and test the waters because people are in such a like buying mindset that they're a little bit more like forgiving of ads. Like people are just clicking on anything, like they're anything with a discount they're like jumping at. Whereas that kind of stuff throughout the rest of the year might look a little scammy. Um, so it's definitely a good time to start. And then uh, Q1 is when CPMs drop back down. So ads are even cheaper. So that's also a pretty good time to start. And I mean, if you're, you know, anything like uh, my fiance, Marielle, with a shopping addiction, then it could be the fourth quarter. It could be Black Friday. It could be January for no reason on a Tuesday afternoon. Uh, but, you know, you see a, a decent deal or a product you want and you're hitting the buy button. So, <laughs> yeah, we, we love people like that. <laughs> yep. Um, and I guess like just for do you mind like kind of zooming out and just scratching the surface on your generalized approach with regards to your Shopify setup that like in terms of what's in place so that when you spend a dollar on advertising, you you know, all the things you do to like, maybe even if they don't purchase from you immediately, ways that you can kind of remarket to them, capture, you know, build a relationship, et cetera. Yeah, definitely. How about you want to, we can look at the, the Shopify dashboard. Everybody likes. Sure. Yeah. Do you have, do you, let me know when you want to screen share. Yep. I'll screen share right now. Yeah. I don't know if Chris is going to share his uh, current Shopify store or not. In your previous interview that we did together, you did show a uh, previous store though that he sold so definitely on my channel you can find my interview with chris and see one of his uh old shops that he exited there we go you want me you to add that to see this yeah i can add it right now all right it's visible cool yeah so this was another store that we were running last year uh and i can show Kind of the leading up to Black Friday. So yeah, leading up to Black Friday, uh, in the months leading up to it, we were doing around like what is this, like seven to eight k a day, and then you can see in November and then to December sales just jumped up dramatically. I think uh, we did about six hundred, six or seven hundred in Q four. Um, but on Black Friday in particular, like quickly spot where Black Friday is uh, on the sales chart. So we're, yeah, we're doing like 78K a day and then Black Friday comes. And this is when, uh, Grant, Grant, you, like I said that I didn't really have anything planned out. This was like morning of, I started doing some of the stuff <laughs> that we'll talk about. And sales went from 7K a day to 15 to 17 then dip back down after cyber monday but just doing a couple of things just like emailing our list uh and i threw up some facebook ads that were black friday specific that i'll show you in a second just doing that kind of stuff like shot the sales up dramatically because this is not a testament to any kind of marketing genius i was doing by any means it's just people are looking to buy around this time of year um but then to your question here i'll stop sharing so i can see you to your question about uh, like what we have in place, it's like it's really pretty. It can be overwhelming with 
Shopify and stuff, but it's really pretty simple what we have. We have Facebook ads to Shopify store with t-shirt, like all print on demand products, t-shirts, hoodies, like same designs just across a bunch of different products. Uh, and then we have email, which we use Clavio um, and, and Printify for fulfillment. And that's like the high level uh, flow. Now, the way that it all kind of synergizes together is we have cold traffic coming from Facebook and then 95% of people won't buy the first time. So then we have email flows from Clavio where that gets back in front of those people. Um, then we have SMS automations. Uh, we have pop-ups on the site. We use push owl for push notifications. Um, and then social media for like organic posts on our, our uh, like Facebook and Instagram pages. Um, and that's the way that by spending a dollar, we're making sure that we're not just, what we're not doing is just sitting down, starting to blow money on Facebook and like hoping for the best. We have all the email flows set up. We have the site optimized. We have like a good product catalog. We don't just have like three shirts on the site. Um, so we do those things first and I'm putting up, it's actually uploading right now, a two hour Facebook ad training where I'm like, I show you like all the boring stuff, like how to set up your pixel and make sure that that stuff's done the right way, which is super important. Um, but yeah, to, to back to your question, it's like email and Facebook ads and a little bit of Google is 95% of it. Yeah. So then by the way, man, that's awesome that you're doing that like massive training that you probably, you probably should be charging for, you know what I mean? But you know, you're not. So everybody that's still watching this, that's not subscribed, definitely go subscribe to, to Chris. But, um, just for to rewind what you said, I think is worth reiterating that you're not just like blowing money on ads straight to a product landing page and hoping for the best. You know, you're, you have all these other things in place to collect an email or a, you know, phone number and be able to build a relationship with the major, vast, vast majority. You said 95% of people don't convert, um, but you're still like, you know, there's still hope that you can bring them back and you, you run retargeting ads too, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. If anybody is, has an organic traffic source of any kind retargeting ads is the first kind of campaign you should set up. And I show you how to do that, uh, in the training. They're pretty straightforward. Um, but yeah, and I can, the one way you can definitely jumpstart your success on Facebook. Uh, and part of the reason I want to do this is I can show you some examples, uh, of ads that have worked well, but number one place, uh, is the Facebook ad library. Like if you know of any competitors, that you have out there go and look at what types of ads they're running like notice like what's their creative look like is it videos versus static images versus carousels what's their offer or where are they driving the traffic to like if anybody's curious about this i don't recommend driving traffic to like an etsy or amazon listing you want to be driving traffic to somewhere where you own the audience and like you're really building up your email list um but look at what the competition is doing and don't don't skip over that step. It'll save you thousands and thousands of dollars in testing. Yeah. They, the, our friend of the channel, Steven from hello custom always says success leaves clues. I like that, yeah. that saying, you know what I mean? Learn from others. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you ever use software? Uh, like the makers of this tool that a lot of my viewers like called Etsy hunt, which has just a massive database of Etsy products that you can kind of query for different metrics. They also have a tool called uh, Big Spy, and I'll drop a link in the description of this video after the live ends. But like, it basically just does what you described of spying on competitors, 
and pulls in as much metrics as they can for each ad. And it's just a big database of ads basically that you can just, do you ever use tools like that? Or, I mean, I know like Facebook doesn't, don't they also let you just view the library as well? I think I have that link by the way. Yeah. There's it, the, it's not really a tool where it'll like tell you what's trending, but if you know what page you're looking for, then you can see what ads they're running. I honestly do it semi-manually. I use a tool called similar web, which shows you like traffic analysis for like sites. But then uh, one of the sections within similar web is it'll tell you similar sites. Uh, so like if you go look at Redbubble on similar web, then it'll give you like five or 10 other sites that are similar to that. And you can kind of just go down a rabbit hole of finding other like top print on demand sites. Um, and that's what I did. And then I go through and take screenshots of, uh, I think I talked about this last time, but I take screenshots of, like every page, like see what, how they're pricing their products, how they're cross-selling, upselling, what they're posting on the social media accounts, what their email flows look like. Um, and then you don't just do that across one uh, store, one competitor, you do that across 10. And then you see what what's the best of the best out of all of them. And just by doing that exercise, which takes pretty much no skill at all on my part, it builds up a pretty good uh, playbook for me. That's awesome, man. And uh, that's kind of the same approach that like I would take when I was starting to do the YouTube stuff. I was like, all right, what's everybody else doing? Like, what do their websites look like? What do their email flows look like, et cetera? And I mean, honestly, even if you don't like, like learn that much, it's still, to me, like inspired me, you know what I mean? Just to see other people out there doing it. So um, do you mind if we do a quick rapid Q and A? Cause I do see everybody's questions here and we are live. I always like to. Yeah, let's sure. do it. All right, Bladester, Chris, did you design your Shopify store yourself or did you hire someone? I did it myself. It took like no skill. It's pretty close to the Shopify basic theme. Uh, and I have a tutorial on my channel about like how to set it up click by click, but keep it basic. Don't over appify it. You don't need that, all that stuff. Yeah, Shopify, they it is in Shopify's best interest to help us launch successful Shopify stores. Therefore their default template is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And when you, when you try to clutter it up with a ton of apps and stuff, like I've done way too many times, it negatively impacts your site speed, which is one of the most important metrics to track. So that, and that took me a long time to, to figure that out. So just keep an eye on that. Cool. All right. And uh, Carlos had a question about Redbubble. <laughs> Um, honestly, I don't think you need to pay for a red bubble tag generator. I know there's some free ones out there, Carlos, but a little bit off topic for today. Um, Yaya says, sincerely, the products and designs of the challenge doesn't seem special or hard to do. I think in the end, it's a matter of good marketing. Uh, do you agree or disagree that like kind of good marketing maybe is one of the primary things that dictates success or failure in this space? Yeah, I agree with fifth. I would split it into two. I think setting up marketing well and like the like the technical side of things which is normally pretty ambiguous and like not the kind of stuff that people cover step by step in the way that would be really helpful i think the setup is one piece but then like the actual offers and ad copy and creative that's a separate piece um and the good thing is when it comes to print on demand there's like i show in my videos there's pretty much a template of ad copy offers and creative that convert really well I give you all those in, in the training, so we don't have to cover it now, but I think the setup is the piece that, uh, like how to set up the pixel and stuff is the piece that people don't get. But I, the quote that I always come back to is, uh, great products can be sold by bad marketing, but 
bad products can't be sold by great marketing. So a little bit of the opposite, but last thing I'll say about this is that we've done more or less the same marketing for years now. And, but there's been times where our ads have performed extremely well. There's been times where our ads have completely eaten crap <laughs> to use the PG version. Uh, and we lost a lot of money. And the only difference has been uh, the products that we're running behind those ads. Like if it's a winning store or a losing store, if we're in a good niche or if we have good designs versus, uh, you know, we half-ass the designs and we're in a niche that nobody cares about. That's been the biggest differentiator for us. Can I ask you a personal question about the design aspect? And uh, you don't have to get, you know, give anything away that's too secret, but like, do you ever go with like, I mean, is it just based on the niche? Like, do you do like text only? Like on Amazon, I sell so much text only, but in my mind, I'm like, damn, if I'm going to run Facebook ads, like, should I do a little bit more of a premium design where it's like graphic plus text? Yeah, it's all over the board. Uh, my only rule of thumb now is if I think a design is going to do well, it's going to do terrible. And if I think a design is going to do terrible, it's probably going to do well. So I've learned that much. Uh, but yeah, I, I do every type of design, uh, typography based, watercolor, black and white, um, like all the AI type designs you can do now. Uh, we just try to do a wide range and it differs for each niche. Like when we did the yoga store, uh, it was like very simplistic patterns and like yogi sayings that did really well but then in other niches it's like loud and like big colorful designs uh, it just depends on like who the audience is that you're after yeah and the beautiful thing is obviously like market research can be simple i mean i'm speaking like i know you can tell me i'm wrong but like can't you just go like incognito go to amazon.com and do a quick search and just scroll through page one and two then go to etsy do the same maybe go to google click the shopping tab and you can do the, the research in like five minutes to get an idea of like the color schemes, the, the approach for the niche as a whole, you know what I mean? Big design, small design, cursive font, bold font, whatever, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And, and then the, the good thing is that there's no real downside to testing more designs. Like if, like you, it's not like you have to only test five, like you can test 500. Uh, and Facebook is really good nowadays at optimizing around the winners. It used to be that you have to like try to handpick because uh, the algorithm wasn't as good. So you wanted to go with less creative and like try to take, you know, your best bet. Uh, but now it's just chuck up as many as you want and it'll find the diamonds in the rough for you. And can I ask while it's on my mind, like if you're like, I think you mentioned that video ads are probably more preferable than static image last time. Like, what are you using to create the video ads? Any, any <laughs> secrets you could share? Yeah. I use Facebook. Uh, the video carousel is like extremely simple you literally just upload pictures like i upload my default like product mock-ups uh i upload those into facebook and it turns it into a carousel i apply like a fade in between scenes and a one second transition and i just cycle it through like my 10 or 15 top sellers and those videos perform extremely well i've i've really never like had to venture out into like uh, you know, a ton of like content, like creator mark marketing or videos like that. You can do that stuff, but just the plain mockups has done well for us. Interesting. See, I need to get in there and just experiment so I can figure out like, so I can at least see what you're talking about and stuff. And I, I got to watch all your videos too. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, if you already but, have winners on Amazon and you have like some kind of overarching brand on your Etsy or Amazon account, like hundred percent, just take that over to Shopify and like copy paste what you have. Just like buy your domain name. If you don't already have that, th throw together a logo, 
using Dolly and just chuck your products up. Like you, there's nothing to lose because like what we have is people come to our Shopify store and then they don't trust websites, a certain percentage of people. So then they go to Amazon to buy, <laughs> buy us, but we're not there sometimes. You guys probably have a similar thing. Like if they see your brand, like on Amazon or Etsy. I know that I do this when I shop on Etsy or Amazon. I'll like go and Google search to try to find the website. So I guarantee that if you have any kind of brand name or reputation on Amazon, there's people reverse searching trying to find a site. And if they don't see it, then, you know, it's just missed revenue. Um, so yeah, I highly, highly recommend it. And you can definitely, with, with minimal F upfront investment or effort, just like chucking up a store, you can definitely get a positive return. And now you've got my the wheels spinning in my head. I'm thinking like, and you could tell me if this is a terrible idea, but I'm thinking like you could make like a really small button for the people that don't trust websites that only want to shop on Amazon that says like buy on Amazon and you click it and it goes like directly to your Amazon merch listing, except it uses your Amazon associates affiliate link and you add an Amazon influencers review video. So you're literally like scraping as much money as you possibly can out of that click Hopefully they watch the video and then purchase. <laughs> yeah. And then you could even, you could create a custom audience for Facebook of the people that click on that link. So then you can basically create a custom audience of people that Facebook knows are more likely to buy on Amazon and create a lookalike of them. And then in your future marketing, either exclude from those people. So you only get people that are likely to buy on a site or use that lookalike for something specific to Amazon. And then on top of all that, you have an email list of tens of thousands of people that you can drive to new Amazon listings or new Etsy list, like pretty much whatever you want. You can drive them anywhere with click of a button. Nice. Yeah. The email list. I love that. Um, Bladester asked, do you have any examples of emails? And um, of course guys, just reminding, cause you know, Chris is here giving us his time and attention that uh, he has his own YouTube channel. So make sure you go check it out. Show him some love. Cause I know he shows a lot of the stuff in uh, various videos there. Yeah. So I can, Show. Well, I have one of the the ads pulled up. Yeah, you don't you share whatever you want to share. Um, yeah, I, and then I, also I if, you, if there's a good video, just tell us to go watch the video too. <laughs> yeah, cool. Here, I'll uh, share my screen. Do you guys see this? Yeah, here, let me add that. Oh yeah. So this first slide is this is just a sale. This was November and December of last year from the dashboard we just looked at. It's like. 600k in two months it's cool and then oh these were the black friday ads that i chucked up like the day of so and i'm about to show you what the actual ad is in a second but just a couple of things to point out here um is this is the black friday campaign i launched it at like nine o'clock in the morning with like a 500 budget normally we start these at like 100 to 250 but since it was day of i just threw it up at 500 and our account normally runs at like our campaigns are normally at like a 2.25 to a 2.5, which is really pretty solid. Uh, and this, obviously you can see it was at a 4.5 return, meaning we spent $915 for, uh, what is that? Four and a half for five grand, something like that. Nice. Um, so yeah, it was like printing money. My only regret is that I, didn't start this sooner and I didn't do a much higher budget. Uh, and then down here at the bottom, this is from Hyros, which is basically just uh, like an analytics and tracking mm -hmm. software. And our Google ads for the day, do I have the row ads in this screenshot? 
Oh yeah, here it is. ROI, a thousand percent ROI. Jeez. Here it is. So our cost, we spent twelve hundred dollars for thirteen thousand four hundred seventy-four. This was, I believe, it was during the same period. Uh, and the cool thing is that these ads, like the Google search ads, this was just ranking for our our brand name. So it was people that had already bought from us throughout the year. And then we're like on, this just speaks to like the buyer mindset around this time of year. It's people that had already bought from us earlier in the year. And then when Black Friday rolled around, they're like, hey, I wonder what such and such site is doing for Black Friday. I wonder if they have any deals. And this is them searching for our brand, finding us. And uh, that campaign absolutely crushed it. It takes like 10 minutes to set up. But here's the ad that ran at a three or 4.5. As, Dude, ugly, get out of here. as ugly as this thing is, uh, here's an ad for you to literally copy paste. I I blurred out the uh, like the brand name, yeah, yeah. Stuff. But uh, yeah. So <laughs> as dumb as this sounds or seems, this ad absolutely crushes. And I tested this in I think ten different colors, like red, blue, pink, uh, turquoise, like every every main color. I tested, and what do you know? The black worked out the best. Um, and this ad was not actually my original idea. I had found this like four years ago. I think it was Macy's or JC Penny ran an ad where it was literally just a, a pink or red block. And it said like sale or something. Uh, I saw it in like a swipe file PDF. It just goes to show like it, ad does not need to be big and beautiful. This thing is ugly as hell. Uh, about as simple as it gets. Um, it, it but, could be the contrarian aspect too. If people are used to seeing the same like beautiful ads, your brain gets trained to just filter it out. Whereas if you show them an ugly ass ad like this, maybe they're like, wait a second, get this off my screen. What is it? Oh, 30% off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People get whitewashed to like the, uh, it used to be like stock photos and like overly produced videos did extremely well with Facebook ads, but now people are just so used to it that they want to see like something that's like a little jarring and like grabs their attention, gets them to stop scrolling, which nothing's going to get you to stop scrolling faster than just a big black block in the middle of your newsfeed. So, but yeah, yeah. I, then I made this in Canva. It'll take you like 10 minutes and then you just replace uh, like this red here, just whatever your niche is. Like if, mm -hmm. it, if this was a yoga stay, uh, I would say like yoga black Friday sale, say yoga stay.co backslash whatever the URL is to our black Friday collection then this would be a white version of the logo up here. And then this would just say yoga t-shirts and that'd be the URL again. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure Canva appreciates the plug. Oh yeah. Yeah. Canva like, we're sure they, they need all the affiliate marketing they can get. Yeah. They're like, yeah, build beautiful ads like this one in Canva. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is all that Canva's good for in my book. These blocks. But, and so uh, you send it to a collection page. So you let people kind of scroll through. Do you do it like uh do you make the collection, like you said, you add your designs to multiple POD products. So do you um, send it to a collection of just t-shirts in this case, since it says t-shirts, so they're not seeing like the same design on a t-shirt and a hoodie and a sweatshirt? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the latter. We, we drive it to, or they might've changed. Yeah. I guess they have changes since then. Uh, but what we had before was you could click on the product and then it would show the different product types. Uh, like it would show this design across like tank top, hoodie, um, yoga pants. Uh, so yeah, you just show it on one product. Uh, so you don't have that exact thing. You don't have it repeating. 
Got you. And then do you offer it on like multiple products on the product page? Like yeah. when they click from the collection, then they're looking at the t-shirt, but then underneath is it like sweatshirt, you know, tote yeah. bag, et cetera. Yeah. Kind of like Redbubble does. Um, I, I freaking love Redbubble site. It's beautiful. But the fact that they let you, uh, you can see any design you look at, you can see it across, I think it's like 80 different products. That's like the ideal scenario. I would love to be able to replicate a site like that. It's just, an insane like development project and supply chain to be able to do that. But yeah, the more product types you can show people the designs on the better. Yeah. I just did a funny video on Redbubble on Monday where two, <laughs> these two dudes were selling like a bunch of infringing designs and their strategy to be successful was essentially to report everybody that outranks them in Google. So they basically <laughs> like had filed on record over a hundred thousand DMCA takedowns, but it was suspected that they were responsible for another like half a million. And when they, oh they, they I think they were discovered through uploading a video tutorial to YouTube <laughs> and in the tutorial, every single link was to Redbubble Cause like people like just go and sell infringing stuff on Redbubble all the time. So that's, I just wanted to plug that. Video. That's a, were they doing a tutorial on how to submit DMCA takedowns in, in mass? Yeah. And they would pretend oh to represent God. like Taylor Swift and, and Elon Musk and stuff. It was hilarious. Wow. <laughs> Good for them. That's it's a unique strategy. It's just funny how much money they cost Redbubble, you know? Yeah. <laughs> As two people. That's wild. Yeah. Um, all right. So we had some other questions. And guys, let, let the questions roll in. We'll definitely catch up to them. Uh, TJ Creative said, what platform is better for a newbie? Learning the ins and outs of Etsy. Had my store since the beginning of October with not one organic sale. Chris, any thoughts on the uh, the newbie approach? You just mentioned Redbubble. Honestly, if you join my email list, I give you like a 20-day kind of like intro to POD. And I do recommend, honestly, start on Redbubble because it's so easy to launch your first product and stuff like that. Um, that'd be my recommendation for a newbie. Yeah, I, I mean, it depends on where you're at and what your goals are. If your goal is to quickly grow, if you have cash, like even a couple grand to invest and your goal is to like quickly replace your nine to five and like go all in, then I would say Shopify, like, cause you can quickly, like you can make a, a six figure a month store like that. Um, it, it's not easy, but you can definitely do it. You have the scalability, but then with Etsy and, and uh, all the different marketplaces, there's like next to no cost associated with it. Like you don't have to worry about ad spend. Um, so, but it's definitely, I don't know if you would agree, Brian, it's, probably a little bit slower but it's like a steady build uh and like less upfront investment so it kind of depends on what your goals are if it was me i would just say shopify but i'm, I'm trying to think of what's right for everybody but I, yeah i like i like if you could somehow just spend like two months which may be too long i don't know depends on the person on like Redbubble, amazon etsy ebay walmart which i know sucks to hear but like honestly once you're like set up it's really easy to push new products and just see what sells you know what I mean? Because if you if you have a feel for like a good design, like we talked about, like you uh, the best marketer can't sell a crappy product. So if you're selling crappy products, like where your designs are not good enough, as I do the air quotes, like you're going to struggle regardless of the platform. So I, I like that you can go and kind of test things for free on Amazon, on Etsy, et cetera. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of it like that before. That, it's very true that if you, you can learn all the Shopify and Facebook ad stuff down pat, but if you have no eye for designing products, you're going to be hosed. 
so you might as well learn like on Etsy or Amazon where the stakes are comparatively lower. Uh, so yeah, I, I like that approach. And then, and then once you like do start taking sales, whether if you're on Etsy or Shopify, I would recommend anybody. doesn't matter if you've never sold on Shopify or never sold on Etsy, no matter where you are, I recommend taking a more holistic brand approach because it's something that doesn't hurt you in any way to think of things like this. And it can only pay extreme dividends further on down the road. And what I mean by that is stop thinking of your business as just like sales, just transactions coming in the door and think of it more as like a asset or an entity that you are building up. And whether if you're on Etsy or Amazon or Shopify, that's just one sales channel for like one um, place of exposure to new customers. Like there's a, it's like you could like yoga stay, we could sell on Shopify or Etsy or on Amazon. It's still yoga stay at the end of the day. Like, and we could shut down our, our Amazon listings and it would still be yoga stay. We would still have these other channels, like start to think of it as a brand asset on its own. Uh, Cause that gives you a lot more freedom to like build onto it and, you know, kind of develop a, a freestanding asset for yourself rather than just like cash flow. Yeah, that's the thing, dude. Like you just said, uh, it it becomes an, a literal asset. And as somebody yeah. who's who's exited from those sort of uh, businesses before, I think you know the real value of that, right? Yeah, people don't want to buy just like cash flow, unless it's like super sustainable and prove that you can prove that it's going to continue into the future. It's a risky investment for somebody unless they can see that there's like an email list and like a customer list. You own your own products. Like there's actually something there, which is very easy to prove with a Shopify store. The thing is you just have to be showing like at least 15 to 20% year over year growth uh, and like healthy profit margins. But if you can show that, then within a year or two, you can have like a decent, decent exit. Yeah. And it starts to generate search interest too. You know what I mean? It's like interesting phenomenon. People start to like remember who you are and like type your name into Google and stuff like that too, which is cool. And I think that that adds like a supporting, um, metric for you know higher valuation yeah. i like that as a i like that as an interesting like something that i think is lost on most people when they start myself included like it was just funny because i had like my i started fba and amazon merch with with you know fba and print on demand at the exact same time and it was like fba i was so like focused on the brand private label immediately expanded my first product into two more SKUs, and then literally up to like i think 12 SKUs total maybe like 13 and like my print on demand side was the exact, I just did not care at all whatsoever. <laughs> you know, I'd like two completely different approaches. I wish I had taken the other approach for POD as well. Yeah. You know, hindsight 2020 type of thing. But yeah. I, I wish if I could go back that I would have, like I already said, I would have just done one brand. We kept on getting brands to like two to $3 million a year in sales. And then we would see some shiny object of like a new product or niche to go after. And we'd be like, if having two stores, <laughs> is good than having four stores would be even better. And it's just ends up being uh, double the expenses and, and overhead. So just build one, one really good brand across all these marketplaces we're talking about, and you'll be in a really good spot. Obsess over it. Right. <laughs> exactly. We get bored though. <laughs> it's like everybody gets bored at some point. <laughs> yeah. And then you convince yourself that it's not really working. Like you're in the wrong opportunity. You should have chosen a different path. And then that's where shiny object syndrome really gains the upper hand. Cause then you got yourself doubting yourself, but really those are the points that you just got to push through it and, you know, uh, realize that you're not bored. You just gotta, 
you know, stimulate yourself and grow the business in a different way to keep it interesting. That's when you start a YouTube channel. <laughs> Yaya, <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. Yaya says, thanks for the Facebook ads tutorial. And then do you think email marketing plus Facebook ads is enough? Yeah, hundred percent. It's uh, and I, I would recommend getting really good at those, like really good to define that as in like profitable, uh, get profitable with just those before even expanding into like TikTok or Google ads or, or anything else. You can build like a seven figure business off of just Facebook and email. Yeah. So many people have done that. And it's just funny because it's just like kind of the Amazon FBA phenomenon where even when I started, it felt like it had been done to death and it's like too late and blah, blah, blah. But like, you know, I was successful and you know, today it's like, is it harder today than it was back then? Yes. <laughs> Will it be harder in two years from now? Yes. The Facebook ads thing has made so many millionaires and multimillionaires. And I bet you there's going to be even more to come. You know what I mean? Hopefully from, you know, drawing inspiration from this live and then going to your channel, watching your tutorials, et cetera. But um, I, I think the best time to start was yesterday, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Second best time is right now. This is an interesting comment from TJ Creative. Keep seeing ads for Shopify. And the subject of the Shopify ads is that no sales on Etsy. <laughs> so they know their target audience, I guess. Yeah. They're trying to uh, migrate everyone. Yeah. If you're going to do Etsy, I, I keep seeing ads on TV for like the place to find personalized gifts. And I even heard like a podcast episode so or a podcast ad. You know what I mean? So they're definitely advertising like hardcore, like personalized gift, personalized gift. So anybody that uh, is struggling on Etsy, definitely offer personalization as a quick tip. Do you think nurse and medical apparel is a good niche? They watched your step-by-step -step tutorial for uh, a Shopify store. Uh, for like print on, uh, like print on demand apparel, like nurse designs, or you're talking about like scrubs. I'll assume you're talking about like nurse designs. Probably that. Um, which I think, yeah, it could be really good. It's just a matter of how big is the market size. Like when evaluating niche, there's two things to figure out. Like one, how passionate are they? Which nurses, my fiance is a nurse and she does uh, Shopify and stuff with me. But uh, I know for a fact they're super passionate. But then the second question is how large is that audience? Um, and if your goal is to, you know, build a Shopify store to $10,000 a month, then that's probably a large enough audience. But if your goal is to like, you know, seven, eight figures, then I would go after something uh, that's wider. Um, but at the same time, you could, instead of making it a just nurse brand, what you could do is make it like an umbrella, like a careers, careers clothing co or something like that. Don't use that name. That's terrible. But so, something along those lines where you start out in nursing and then once you have that converting well, then you move on to uh, doctors or construction workers or Uber drivers. And like you build out these little like vertical niches all under your one umbrella. And that's something you can, you can definitely expand because the market is endless. Um, but at the same time, you're capitalizing on, you know, the passion and interest within uh, the smaller niches. The only downside is that logistically, they will be a little challenging to manage. There'd be a ton of designs that you need, um, but it's definitely an opportunity there. Good advice. Good advice. We had uh, Good Skin Matters again. The business was really struggling with COVID being shut down twice. The physical location. Yeah, that sucks, man. That sucks. It felt like they were going after small businesses, honestly. Um, I want to connect my POD shop on my website. Any recommendation? I mean, there's definitely uh, ways to go about doing that. 
Um, I know that it's probably unrealistic to say, yeah, just hire a developer and have them like API integrate with Printify or Printful. Um, you could honestly like launch like a Shopify store as like a subdomain of your website. Honestly, that's probably the easiest way to do it, even though it's not necessarily the simplest thing if you're not technical. But um, do you have any suggestions, Chris? Yeah. Whenever somebody has a standalone website that's and their goal is e-commerce, I always recommend to migrate to Shopify. Nobody ever really likes that answer, but it honestly will make your life 10 times easier, especially considering that all of these print-on-demand platforms, like they're built specifically for Shopify. Like Printful, Printify, they're all meant for Shopify. I'm sure they can do like WooCommerce or you know, whatever you're currently built on, but even if it's painful, I'd recommend migrating if you're sure that print on demand is really the direction to grow in with your business, which uh, I'm, I love print on demand, but I don't want to be a one size fits all uh, type of advice giver. So it, it would depend on the situation. Yeah. Uh, TJ creatives on your email list. They said email marketing. What if you don't have an email list? I have a quick response that uh, check my video from last week on um, Everbee's email, like basically Etsy email, like, one of the easiest ways to start collecting emails guys is to convert your Etsy customers into an email list. Now you don't just auto opt them into all your marketing stuff. Um, in the video, I cover everything you need to know, but the coolest thing about Everbee email specifically is that it is like two clicks to get started. It's two clicks. It's one, two, that's it. Now, obviously you can go customize stuff. You should, you can get everything customized in like five to 10 minutes. And then the emails start, you know what I mean? And it essentially like Etsy lets you send four emails based on a transaction. And in those four emails, your goal is to provide them like info, like, Hey, thanks for the order, whatever it's tracked. You should get it soon. Hey, you should have received it, et cetera. But each one of those emails has embedded in it, a subscribe button to join your real email list where then you can remarket them. So, um, it's just, a, I like it cause it's low hanging fruit. All the tech is already built out for you. The basic email templates are built out. You just go in and like add your own personal touch if you want to. And another, another way to uh, quickly add on to that is with uh, package inserts, uh, like Printify through Monster Digital. Now you can add, and a couple of other printers, you can add inserts for like five or 10 cents. And on the insert, you can uh, give them an offer or some kind of incentive to go to a website and opt in. Like you can give them a $5 gift card towards their next order on your site. Um, and that's also a good way to just build up like your site traffic in general. Um, but and also you can also print your URL uh, on the tags of your shirts now. Um, so we do that on, on all of our products, basically free marketing, basically any way you can drive people to your website and then have some kind of like email pop up. That's the route that we normally go. Yeah. My first FBA brand, literally every uh, unit. I mean, honestly, I did this for most of my products. <laughs> I don't think Amazon prefers that we do it, but literally in the product, it's like my brand, but it's also the, you know, brand name.com. So it's, trying to capture them back. You know what I mean? If they need to re-up, uh, it's right there, you know? Yeah. Um, any suggestions for low budget, but want to begin with ads? Nature photography on merch. Interesting. Uh, well, I love the nature niche. I think that's definitely a great market to be in. Uh, it depends on how low you're talking, but if we're at like five to $10 a day, uh, I would recommend having at least a couple hundred bucks before you jump into ads. You don't want to make it like your, you know, your last dollars that you're scraping together. You don't want that to be your ad budget. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, that being said, five to $10, that's enough to get like some initial data per day. And then once you have like, uh, you know, which are your winning products and you're able to get even a couple of purchases, you can slowly scale it up from there. Like maybe you spend a hundred dollars in a week and you get, you know, two, two fifty back. You can incrementally increase that. But yeah, I would, if it's like your last hundred bucks to your name, I would not recommend Facebook ads. Yeah. And you need to like, also make sure you're doing, you know, the minimum that I think is probably like viable for running the Facebook ads so that you can actually see what's possible. You don't want to skimp because of a low budget and uh, not have like your, you know, email capture set up because the the Shopify add-on costs, you know, 10 bucks a month and you didn't want to pay it or something like that. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, I would definitely go. There's a lot of organic routes you can go before, uh, before you start throwing money at ads. Um, Dina asked with black Friday, how do you handle ads on Etsy pay for ads on products already selling well, or put ads on all products because of the increase in buyers, um, personal like preference there. Uh, I would probably enable definitely on products that are selling well, because the algorithm I think understands them a little bit better and is less likely to like waste your money on less relevant keywords. Um, also like the longer you've been running the Etsy ads, if you're active in there turning off and I know it's, it varies from listing to listing. Like whenever I run on hats, I get like seriously bad results. When I run on t-shirts, it's a lot more focused. So <laughs> I always think of like Etsy ads since like you, you know, Chris, I don't know if you've messed around, but like you can't set bids or anything. You literally just have an on off switch, but then they added the ability to like turn off certain search terms for each listing that you advertise. So the longer it's been advertised, like the more focused your spend should be theoretically because you turned off the dumb, the dumb search terms. Yeah, I, I loved Etsy ads the little bit that I ran them uh, because it was just like so automated. And then I would just I would just, like remember that we were running them sporadically and I would just go in and see that the return was it was always way higher than our Facebook ads. Like it was always at like a three to a four. Uh, I don't know if that was like product specific specific or if that's normal, but I would just go in and increase them occasionally. I think the highest we ever got the ad spend on Etsy, though, was like two fifty a day around there. It was never anywhere close to what we were doing on Facebook though. But they don't let you like set a budget for like one product. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I want to yeah. spend 20 a day on this and I want to test this for five a day. They're like, nah, nah, nah. Like you can just set one budget and deal with it. Like they used <laughs> to let you set bids for every product. So I used to just crush it. Cause I would set like, you know, five cents a bid, you know what I mean? And, and just destroy back in the good old days. And I can't let that go. Cause I'm just like, oh man, it used to be so good. <laughs> Things change. Things change. Face-to-face -face appointments are still about half the bookings. Oh, yeah, for your business. Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was thinking to start with 50 designs in December. Try 500 euro for one month of ads, like 15 a day. When you do, when do you know your business and ads doesn't work? Will you say after, you know, X amount, 100 to 150? You'll know. I, I think I recognize... I think they might've commented this on one of my videos. I think I replied or maybe it was something very similar. Um, but yeah, 500, like, what is that? Pounds, euros, pounds. Yeah. That that's enough to get started with. Um, and 50 designs, like 50 to 75 is the range that I would recommend starting with to at least test the niche. Uh, and back to your earlier question, Ryan, like doing a range of like typography, graphics, colorful, black and white, just getting like, everything across the board. Um, and then, uh, yeah, $500 budget. You can start with that and do like a 
20 or $25 a day starting budget. Uh, and then what you're looking for is your cost per clicks to be in like the 50 to 75 cent range uh, with purchase optimization and a conversion rate that's at like around a three. Uh, but if you're spending for about a week and you don't have any purchases yet, like if you spent 200 or 250 bucks and you don't have any purchases yet, then I would recommend like pausing stuff and taking a look uh, at the, the analytics. But I give a much more detailed breakdown of that in the new Facebook ad training. That's awesome. When is that going live? Any uh, estimate? I think it's rendering now. I did it in 4K by, by accident. Oh, dude, so it's taken forever. What software do you use to render out of curiosity? Because that would literally, like, I still use this old ass software and I need desperately to stop, but I'm just like such a creature of habit. And I know it would break my computer, even though everything is so new, all the hardware is amazing. That software would just crash if I tried to do a 4K render. Yeah, I use uh, Descript for recording it. And it uses like AI to cut out all the pauses and stuff. And then video editor downloads it to, I think they use Final Cut Pro. Uh, oh, so they're they, rendering it, got you. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were and I was like, damn, dude. <laughs> no, it's taking, uh, just to like render it in YouTube or like upload it, it it's taking like eight hours. So that's, that's hardcore educational videos in 4K. You know what I mean? 1080p is just not enough. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure if 4K was the move, but uh, hopefully everybody enjoys all the extra pixels of the Facebook ads dashboard. Does that imply you have a 4K monitor? How does that work? I guess you don't necessarily I, have to, right? I have no idea. I know that I recorded in 4K with the camera. Um, mm, gotcha, but yeah, gotcha. I, I, don't, I don't know about the monitor. Yeah, I tried a 4K monitor maybe like two years ago. I think it was like a, no, it's probably like three or four at this point. But either way, I was like, damn, this is not worth it. Cause you still have to like let Windows like upscale everything. Otherwise, it's not readable at all. And I was like, this is pointless. And I went back to a WQHD 2560 by 1440. Oh, you know a lot more than I do. I'm just on an iMac. That's all. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> Anybody that needs a good Black Friday gift for you as a online business owner or somebody in your life that like plays computer games or whatever, like no joke, if you're not using a, uh, I think they call it WQHD, like the 2560 X1440 resolution. Dude, it is so worth it. I mean, you get literally like extra space on your monitor. So I would recommend wow. that. Off topic, but I'd recommend it. <laughs> if it's not Apple, I'm not buying it. Oh, God. Pay more attention to Amazon and Google ads, they say. Interesting. Yaya says, thanks for the answers. Hope for the best. Yeah, hope for the best for you as well. Dude, every time I like get to talk to somebody that's good at uh, the Shopify slash Facebook ads, I'm just like, man, sometimes I want to go back in time to when like I didn't have a YouTube channel and I could just sit comfortably at my computer, not have to worry about getting on camera and, and do whatever I wanted. You know, I miss those days, uh, but I didn't make nearly as much money from the online business. The YouTube is definitely a nice compliment that, uh, you know, has taken off. So. Yeah. And, and the e-com side can start to feel like, I mean, after years can start to feel like a grind eventually, but I mean, in the beginning, even the first two, three years, it's like super exciting. feels like you're just making internet dollars from your laptop doesn't feel like real life especially when you're in like a big house with 12 other guys running around doing the same thing so that's a little unique to me i guess but yeah it was yeah fun. people need to go watch our interview to to get a little bit more context on that little teaser at the beginning you elaborate on how you learned all this it was an yeah. interesting story yeah it feels like a lifetime ago i'm an old man now i'm older man i'm 34 so <laughs> yeah i'm about to be 30 
I, I, I'm young at heart though. That's what, that's what matters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. Um, cool, man. Well, Hey, as we wrap up any other questions, guys, let us know as we approach the hour mark, uh, what are you up to this holiday season? Any cool plans? Any, uh, any travel upcoming? How's life? Living the dream as always. But, uh, yeah, I'm getting ready to actually have some stuff scheduled out. My dream is to have enough income to get a small farm and work from there. That's beautiful. And you can have Starlink internet to run your e-com store from your laptop. That's the life right there. Dude, I want to have an off-the-grid farm, though. So I don't want, like – that's what's funny. It's like you still need an internet connection, so there's no hiding from the, the system. But I do envision, like, having, like, a little bit of a buffer between, like, me and everybody else. I don't know if I can, like, actually live that life because it's so opposite of, of my day-to-day. But I can dream. You know, I can dream. Yeah. That's the crazy <laughs> thing about, about what we do is that – like realizing if you look back at your sales over the last however long realizing how many products you've sold and how you've never had to touch a single one of them so you could literally be like on a farm or in a bunker somewhere like moving like truckfuls of t-shirts or whatever product and never have to touch it once it's just like a wild concept to me to revisit every once in a while i mean dude that trust me that's not lost on me at all like sometimes brands will approach me and like talk to me about like the printing aspect or actually I did a video this year, maybe a month or two ago where literally like they sent me these prints and I had to like go buy a t-shirt press and stuff to use them <laughs> to do this video that this brand wanted me to do. And it was a super interesting like experience. Uh, but man, <laughs> People would think You're that like, this is the first shirt I've made. Yeah. Pre- people would think that I knew how to do that. And I'm like, yo, I don't need to know. Like, it's not that I'm not interested. Like I've seen videos of how these companies work that do it. But I yeah. personally never had any interest in doing that. So now Marielle has a t-shirt press downstairs and I don't think we've ever used it since that video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or we used to sell uh, a lot of jewelry too. Um, and we would have like, we would order like tens of thousands of pieces at any given time. And it would go straight to the fulfillment center and start getting picked and packed and shipped out. And like, we ordered like full shipping containers, uh, full, <laughs> full of, it's just funny to like picture shipping containers of your product getting sent over that you never once see or touch. I prefer it that way, man. Cause uh, anybody that's been in these like physical product businesses, as long as we have to, has probably dealt with that. I had one, like the only time I ever sold oversized products on Amazon. <sighs> I don't even want to tell the story right now, but basically they ended up getting shipped back to me and I had to relabel them. <laughs> it was definitely like, kind of like technically it wasn't like illegal. Like I was breaking a law, but it was like doing what Amazon it was definitely breaking Amazon rules to do what I did, but I had to get rid of them. And I literally had to do a removal order from Amazon. It cost $30 to ship them every time they were shipped, $30. Each. Oh they, were, they were big and heavy. So it was a terrible idea to buy them in the first place. I'll tell you off camera what it was. Cause it's a pretty cool product. But uh, anyways, like literally get home one day and there's just a like multiple pallets of these things in the driveway. And I'm just like, dude, what am I doing in my life? Like I do not want it. Cause I'm working a nine to five working a second job as a teacher and then i get to deal with this you know it's just yeah wasn't like, i do not need pallets in my driveway right now yeah but i got them sold so that's all that mattered i probably only yeah, it's funny all that effort to only lose a little bit of money not even make money oh that's a win yeah only yeah. lost a little and have a great story to tell <laughs> yeah. all right all right two quick questions then we're out of here if you could sell on one platform what would it be and why Shopify, 
because it's <laughs> because it's what I know the best. Uh, but for anybody else, like I think it's the place that if you're willing to invest the time and a little bit of money for testing on ads, you can make not just print on demand, but you can make any any business uh, extremely successful really quickly. Good answer. And Ali Wilson. Oh, by the way, my answer would be Amazon merch, but it's not even a good answer really because there's like if Amazon just like banned my account, I'd be so screwed. You know what I mean? And also I have no building of a true business or brand identity or anything like everything through Amazon merch is sold by Amazon for what it's worth though. We capitalize on that with a higher conversion rate and all those good things that come with it. So I'm biased there. That was how I got my introduction as well. So there's a little bit of a soft spot. Uh, Chris, how many people do you employ? Uh, good question. It's myself and my fiance. We're both like very regressively part-time. Uh, and then we have a customer service rep who's based in the Philippines and then another, uh, team member also in the Philippines who does our product uploads to Printify and Shopify, all that kind of good stuff. Um, so two, two design, plus, do they do plus. design? Uh, no, they don't do design. We've, uh, we have a design agency we used to work with. Now we just uh, use AI for all of our designs pretty much. Yeah, guys, you need to wait and see the video I recorded earlier with Detour Shirts. We did a little collab that I'll release in the next like week or so. Um, all based on 2024 trends. And he's showing us, a, like he obviously is a great designer. He's a professional, but like he also shows some AI-based designs and they're so sick. So yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. You can do a whole hour long discussion on just the future of print on demand given the AI trends, like the market is going to be absolutely flooded. And I think medium to long-term, the people that are going to win out are the ones that can build like a real brand identity around those designs. Cause there's mm -hmm. going to, everyone's going to have a print on demand shop. Uh, it's yeah. going to be like building a connection with your audience. That's going to get people to like come back again and again. That's how you can actually win. Yeah, man. And like, literally you'll be able to like, <laughs> you can like literally speak the text prompt, say, I want this. It creates that you tell it what to change. It changes it. And then you can literally use like the new open AI thing to like describe your image for you to do your SEO for you. So you'll yeah. have so little involvement in it. One day it's just going to be like, Hey, build me a print on demand shop on Shopify in the nursing niche. And then you just sit back and it's done. <laughs> yeah. It, it's so close to that. Cause if you like really break down the components of one of these brands, it's like, uh, niche reach research, a brand name, logo, like 50 to 75 products, like some Facebook ads, which I just showed you how stupid simple those are. And then email flows, which there's templates and stuff that ChatGPT already knows about. Ask it to rewrite it in the brand voice of a nurse. Uh, and like, that's it. And then the even scarier part is that then it's able to iterate a hundred times faster than any person could. Like it sees that these three designs were performing outperforming the rest it's going to go and quickly make a whole new catalog of 100 designs that are based off of the aspects of those three top sellers and push that out to your audience and it's going to iterate on those and iterate and i mean it's it's going to be wild it's going to completely change like the discussion we just had like even six months from now i bet for real but there's it like dude the edge is going to be had by the people on the cutting edge man like you know what i mean because yeah. if it's not already out there that we don't know about like there'll be some add-on that you just add to your shopify store that just goes and creates a bunch of split tested Facebook ads in the style that either you define or you just trust it to say, like, go find the right style too. maybe at like a parent level for everybody using it. You know what I mean? They'll have that data and kind of understand uh, how yeah. to approach it. You know what I mean? And then give you the results. 
I don't know. It's just, it's not like even a stretch, you know, I used to be like not a programmer, but like I was a web developer. So I was a programmer, you know what I mean? But not like a deep, like super nerd, you know what I mean? More like a front end web developer. Yeah. One of the cool ones. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Um, everybody that showed up live, I really appreciate it. Chris, thanks for being here. Everybody go subscribe to Chris. Anything else you want to leave us with? No, ha happy Black Friday, everybody. Go get them. Mm -hmm.